Hi there. Welcome to OTs Get Paid, the podcast for OT entrepreneurs, where we learn about everything you need to know to move from thinking like a therapist to acting like a CEO and making good money along the way. Are you curious how to continue to be true to your mission of helping others as an OT and get paid what you're worth? Do you want to know the best tips that add zeros to your bank account? Do you wonder how other OTs do it too? I'm your host, Trish Williams, a Canadian, a mom, a not-so-closet choir nerd, an occupational therapist of over 26 years. I spent most of those years loving my profession, but secretly wishing I could get paid a lot more. Did I feel like I had an important job that had great impact on my clients and society? Check. Did I also wish I could feel validation in that work through getting paid enough to feel financial freedom? Check, check. So finally in my 40s, as a single mom who needed to get real with my income, I built two six-figure businesses including my latest as an OT entrepreneur coach at Trish Williams Consulting. And through this, I heard the secret shame that others felt the same way too. So I'm raising my voice and raising my profile of this issue and probably raising my prices. I'm here to talk about OTs making money. So let's do like Scrooge McDuck and dive into those giant piles of gold coins and get swimming and start this episode. Welcome OT entrepreneurs to the OT's Get Paid podcast, episode 65. And today we're discussing when should an entrepreneur get a job? I'm kind of torn about this episode, I'll be honest. My job as an OT entrepreneur, coach, and consultant is to help OT entrepreneurs like yourself start, grow, and scale their businesses. If you have a problem, most people come to me and say, I don't have enough time. I'm not making enough money. I can't possibly work any more hours. And I'm still not growing. I don't know where to start. I'm not sure what to do next. I have hit a ceiling I can solve those problems. I'm really good at that. I have done it for my bricks and mortar years ago, and I have done it for this business. I use three pillars here at Trish Williams Consulting, increasing profit, increasing clarity, and increasing impact. And under those, we talk about knowing your numbers, and we talk about managing your time, and productivity, and planning, and how to use your CEO time and how to prioritize and what are your systems, et cetera, okay? And yet, not everybody does it this way. Some people don't go straight. They go left, they go right, they go backwards, they go a little bit twirly. And listen, those of you who listen often know that I've gone a little bit pause, <laughs> a little bit back as I took some time off for my health and also had some team members move along. So we're slowly building up the team again. And that's not what I'm really talking about here. I'm not talking about putting a pause. I'm talking about people that really find their own very winding path and are comfortable in it and the pros and cons that come from that. They might have an in-person business with a side hustle, with an online piece, and a job. 
Now, I have gone on the record to say, I don't love me the term side hustle. And in fact, I personally, and you'll hear me say it in this interview, that I think that's quite distraction and it takes away from mastery. There's an episode, oh gosh, I should have it in my notes. I don't remember. It's, I think, a couple of episodes ago. Let's say 61, if I'm guessing. I should probably do a little more planning here. Um, why I don't like the term side hustle. And yet, there are people that do it this way. And I want to kind of get into the pros and the cons of this. So today's guest is somebody who did all the quote-unquote right things. They have had tons of coaching in the OT bubble and outside and recently took a full-time job. They were working hard, they were not making enough money, and they chose the financial security of a job. Am I promoting this approach? No. Do I want to learn more about it? Yes. So I am an everyman in this. I am asking our guest a ton of questions about this because I want to know. Our guest hits upon many of the points entrepreneurs need to ask themselves and the pros of taking a job when you are an entrepreneur. One, you find out that entrepreneurship just isn't for you. Two, you need a quick cash injection. Three, you want to learn more about a particular industry. Four, you want to experiment. Or five, you received a great offer. Those are the top five reasons that I have heard people taking jobs. Our guest hits upon quite a few of these. Spoiler alert. Again, isn't every person in this, this isn't what I recommend, and I sure learn a lot. So I'm going to be really curious where you land at the end of this interview. If you are a person that lands on, you know, Kylie had too many cons for me, and I need to get more organized and planned, I have an offer for you. If you are like, love Kaylee, love what she's done, I think this is amazing, and yet I need something else, I need more of a plan, I am going to direct you to the CEO Payday. The CEO Payday is where people pay for time and a one and done. People pay for a plan. They come in, they know they need a strategic plan, which is where we look at 90 days, one year, and three years out in your business, to make a plan for everything. Marketing, operations, finances, clients, customer satisfaction, new product growth, etc. There are the people that show up and say, I know I need a plan. I know I need to sit down and do this, but I don't know actually what I'm doing. And I don't quite frankly know how to do it. We have a freebie for this. Please go back to the podcast episode where I talk about the number one way to make money in your business and a template. You can do it by yourself for free. People come for CEO payday if they want to pay for an intensive time together where we deep dive in your business and you walk away with that plan. And in the meantime, enjoy this episode with our beautiful guest. She is a Canadian who I met sitting across the table at the Level 1 Mentorship Program for the Star Center, I think, eight or nine years ago. We were chatting across the table. There were about 14 or 15 of us there that day, and she mentioned that she lived in New York City and worked in PEDS. I had also lived and worked in New York City at some point, and I had left, and I was working in Peds. We get chatting, and whammo, I find out she's moving back to Toronto, her hometown, which is also my hometown to work in Peds. And click, 
we just connected. We've been in each other's orbit ever since. And, you know, I really want you to be excited for this guest and keep your curiosity. She willingly sat down and opened up on this topic about how she's taken her own path and done things her own way and the pros and cons that come of that. She also has a book and she talks quite a bit about it. And if you're at all interested in publishing or taking your clinical expertise and writing a book, you've got to listen to this episode as well. And this is my friend and our colleague, Kylie Etz. Welcome, Kylie. Thank you. Hi. Hi again. As you heard me mention in the intro, you and I have met IRL. So true. So true. A long time ago. A long time ago. And you are, you know, from my hometown. And I haven't seen your face in a while. So what I tried not to do, people who are listening, is I tried not to have a big old chit chat with Kylie before we hit record because I wanted to like, you know, catch up in kind of real time. So it's a treat to see you again. Thank you. Likewise. You're welcome. So I've wanted to have Kylie on the podcast for a while. She's a very interesting OT entrepreneur. Let's start out, Kylie, with how do you get paid? Meaning, tell us about you and what you do. Okay. So I, well, I'm an OT. I'm also, I guess, an online digital kind of entrepreneur. I have lots of uh, online courses available, ebooks available that I come and go in terms of my marketing efforts for, but they're all there. And then I also currently work full time in a contract position for the Halton region, which is not exactly where I live, but close to it. And I see babies zero to two in person in the homes, which is so exciting after two years of lockdowns and only virtual everything. So it's really nice to be able to get back to seeing the babies in person, getting my hands on them and just supporting families in their home environments. And then I do also do virtual support for things like sleep and reflux baby sleep, baby reflux, and also sometimes sensory processing, because that's sort of where my path started. (laughs) And that's where we met. Exactly. Great summary. I'm going to come back to that because I have so many questions about, and that's really going to be the heart of this episode, right? Is like kind of following your own path and how do you do it all? So of the different ways that you make money. I mean, I hesitate to call them jobs, right? But of the Mm -hmm. different ways that you make money, what was kind of that fist on the table moment for you in terms of choosing either one or all of those? I would say it kind of started back when I was still living in New York City. We had my baby or our baby. (laughs) I had (laughs) a baby. baby. (laughs) I would would go with that. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, And then we moved back to Toronto, which is my hometown when he was about six months old. And so when we moved back, I realized like, okay, well, I'm realistically not going to take or look for a full-time job just yet. And so I kind of started thinking, okay, well, what if I started running my mom and baby classes just in the neighborhood that we were living? I could, you know, leave him with my parents for two hours a week and run these classes. And so that's where this sort of like entrepreneurship started. Didn't really have a plan I literally walked around the neighborhoods posting signs on the telephone poles to advertise my mom and baby classes as I was walking my son in the stroller. (laughs) So I love that um, vision. 
I wouldn't say that that was like the most efficient way, but my classes did get full. And then I sort of started to branch out and figure out more uh, easier ways to start promoting my classes. And so that's where it started. So it really started with like just two hours a week. And then that grew a little bit more as I started reaching out to various different clinics, like prenatal, postnatal women's health clinics, and kind of starting to like rent spaces there and see how we can collaborate. And then I started getting busier and more hours of running these classes. And then I was like, okay, well, I probably need a website. <laughs> and so I kind of went down that whole realm of figuring out the website. And then I was ready to start my first online course. Mm-hmm. Um, actually with a colleague of ours or a mentor mm-hmm. of ours, Melissa LaPointe, mm-hmm. I was in her original Visionaries on Fire mentorship. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to like wing it. I'm going to pre-sell the course. I'm going to figure it out along the way. And I did. And I had a lot of interest. And that was really my first foray into online entrepreneurship. And so then I was kind of doing both. And then, you know, I started thinking, okay, well, you know, if we're going to, I'm going to do this online entrepreneurship and like run my classes in person, you know, maybe we'll start getting like a nanny to come in twice a week. So I started to have more time, which was kind of exciting. And then I actually started taking some clients at various clinics around the city, just here and there, like, you know, how private clients go. It's usually like two hours in the afternoons or like an hour on the weekends. And then I was doing like a mishmash of all of the things for probably about two years. And amongst then I took a sleep certification. So I started to have another way to support families more online, which was kind of nice. Then I got pregnant with my second, <laughs> decided, okay, it's this is now the time to go full-time into my own business. <laughs> um, that was silly. <laughs> In I'm just nodding. I have zero judgment. I'm listening and nodding. Right. I thought I was going to have all this time. She was a good napper, but it realistically, it's hard to get work done in those little like nap chunks when you don't know how long they're going to nap for, because it's hard to get into the moment. But I did it. And that's what I have been doing until present moment, where now I'm actually working full time for somebody else, which is a little bit crazy because I haven't worked for anybody else in probably seven and a half years. What prompted that move to being an employee, to getting... I'm not going to lie. The consistent paycheck is beautiful. (laughs) I was hoping that's what you would answer. That's what I had kind of assumed. So before we get, can we pause on that question then and just talk a little bit about, because I wasn't sure what question to actually ask next. It is the good segue into the question everybody loves, which is like, what is your income Mm -hmm. this year for your company? And if you could like break it out in terms Mm -hmm. of the job versus online versus in person. Yeah, so my my full-time job, <laughs> I'm making $90,000 a year. I was like, okay, for an OT salary, that is pretty yeah. freaking amazing. And is amazing. that 40 hours, Kylie? Um, 35 hours a okay, week. Great, great. Hey, Trish. Yes, Ashley? As an OT entrepreneur who's just starting to make money, I bet you've thought, oh my gosh, I just got my first few clients. What the heck do I do now? Don't worry. At Therabyte, we have you covered. We heard you and we created intake and consent templates just for you. So you've downloaded the template and now you can say, amazing, I know exactly how to get my client started. Oh, I wish I'd had this in the beginning. I pulled everything together and 
needed something this efficient. Okay, so where can listeners find these templates, Ashley? Super easy. The link will be in the show notes. You just hop over to our website, find templates, and you've got your download. Sounds great. Yeah, I'm traveling around and I get to make my own schedule. And I work from home, basically, and I can choose to do virtual visits or in-home visits. Most of my families are choosing in-home. And to be honest, I kind of like those better. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So that is like really nice. Yeah. Because last year, I'll be fully transparent. My Mm -hmm. business, I brought in, I think it was like Mm -hmm. $45,000, $50,000, but then minus like all the uh, expenses and like, Mm -hmm. you know, business coaching and Mm -hmm website hosting and all that stuff. I think I ended up in like $30,000 like range, which is like basically poverty level. (laughs) (laughs) So I was working full time for peanuts Mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. And I liked it because Mm -hmm. I had the flexibility we had. I forget. I feel like with my kids in school, like the full year, there was always that kind of like thought of like, oh, we can have another lockdown, like, mm-hmm. right. And so trying to figure all of that out. And it was nice to have the flexibility. But I will say that I kind of learned that as much as I love running my own business, I love having the flexibility. I don't really love the like hustle and the grind and the constant kind of like, oh, I gotta sell it. I gotta sell it. I gotta sell it. I gotta sell it. And that was a little bit draining for me. And you get into these stuck points. And so when this job came up, I literally was like, oh, well, on the one hand, it's going to be a nice, consistent salary. On the other hand, it's going to be a huge experiment to see whether I can, A, not only work for an employer again, but also work for a government employer (laughs) with all of the layers of procedures and, you know, approvals and all of that stuff that can take time and whether that would be too frustrating for me as a type A perfectionist person who literally could probably do the job of four people in five minutes. Exactly. But now I have to send the PDF to get password protected by this person and then they're going to send it back to me and then I can send it over here to get it faxed. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, can I have the power to password protect my own documents, please? But I don't. So let's oh. talk a bit about that. I want to I want to talk right now about the pros and the cons of Ooh. having that job a little bit more. And then yeah. I'm going to talk about the bigger picture. Cool. Because you are not the first person that I've heard. In fact, I know quite a few OTs that have gone and taken more than part-time positions. Mm-hmm. It is no secret. I've made a podcast about it that I dislike greatly. We're not allowed to say hate in our home. I greatly dislike the term side hustle. It makes me mm-hmm. bonkers. Mm-hmm. I know I'm coming right for, if those of you who are in the space know about Rain Oliver and she's all about the side hustle. And I've actually called her ahead of time to be like, I love you. I hate this word. Do you mind if mm-hmm. I do a podcast about it? She's like, no, yeah. you go, girl. That's how good OTs are, by the way. So I hate mm-hmm. the term side hustle. Mm-hmm. I love listening and learning from other people. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel that a certain type of job, well, especially full-time, how can that possibly be a side hustle? Like, and I'm not trying to get all judgy on different kinds of jobs. There's something in me that's like, oh, you know, I really wish you had stuck with the growth of 
Amen. the thing because that's what I do. And there's another part of me that's like, oh, dang, I would love to get inside the brain of OTs that I know that are either doing both at the same time mm-hmm. or have gone back to a job. So that's my very yeah. long intro to a question. So we know you love the consistency and the salary. Mm-hmm. That, how did that feel when like you just signed on the line and knew that 90K was coming your way every year? Well, it's it's a 12-month contract. Okay. So we'll see if it comes okay. every year. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, got it. Then like dividing um, that by 12. Like was there that was was it a palpable relief for you? Was the money I will say real? it yes, it yeah. is a palpable relief. Yeah. I am much busier than I was. <laughs> because I'm also trying to keep my own business afloat. Mm-hmm. Um just because I wasn't ready to give that up. I have poured my blood, sweat, and tears really into have. building my business. You really have. And to trying to be visible online and, you know, supporting clients you and have. all of that thing. And so I wasn't ready to give that up. And I actually had to get special permission from the Halton region to also have, continue my own private business with, with certain stipulations. And so that was very important to me because I didn't ever want to feel like I was giving up or like throwing in the towel for my own business. And so keeping my foot a little bit in the game mm-hmm. is proving to be helpful for my own mental health too. And also I feel like giving me the security for lack of a better word, just in case this really is just a 12 month contract yeah. so that I can keep going back to it. Now, that being said, what this job, this 12 month contract job has allowed me to do is hire a VA. Great. Who is doing and without even second guessing I was like of course like I'm gonna put that money some of this money into a VA every month she is emailing my list every week she is uploading blogs from all these videos that are currently sitting on my YouTube channel for like nobody to see (laughs) (laughs) she is taking those and creating blogs into them and then emailing those out to my list she's creating kind of daily posts inside my group. And, you know, also then we're going to start doing it onto Instagram. She's even started attempting to like kind of organize reels and things like that. So she is like my person who I can just, she's always like, what else can I do? What else can I do? And so So really, if you were going to, because I love putting things under headings for people Mm -hmm. when we're learning about business and talking business, that sounds marketing to me. Yeah, she's not quite ready for... I have to give her the direction and the content. Like she's not quite ready for the strategy piece. No, no, no. But in terms of those, like, again, marketing and social media. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Great. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I felt like that was really where I needed to continue to be visible, Mm -hmm. continue to keep up with the list, continue to be in front of the people that are in my private Facebook group, continue to put out the blogs working on the CEO for the blogs, continue to direct people to my YouTube channel, all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now I have somebody who can take care of that and I don't even have to think about it besides continuing to make videos, which I haven't been as consistent with, I'm going to be honest, but Well, you've got the assets. Coming. You've got the assets. Yeah. Like at this point, you're, it sounds to me like you've made yeah. the decision to just get the assets in front of people. And exactly. you, know, you can eventually, I could even see in a couple more months, showing this person how to repurpose mm-hmm. a lot of that even more like here mm-hmm. I'm going to give you she sounds like she loves a challenge right like yeah. go ahead come up with like three more ways that we can repurpose this mm-hmm. and exactly. I, I don't think you need to be in the content creation place so much right because mm-hmm. we want to avoid burnout for you 
Right. Okay. So are you selling anything on the online side? I have lots for sale on the online right. side. Right. <laughs> but so, because I want to, I want to discriminate between marketing and sales. Like marketing mm-hmm. is like that traffic mm-hmm. and you're right now, so you, it sounds like you're building traffic and you're nurturing the leads that you have. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Okay. Yeah. Is that turning into sales? You know, this is the struggle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like this is the struggle is... And I've taken, I've done so many business coachings and courses and I've done all the big names and I've Mm -hmm. followed all the big people. And I just, I feel like I still kind of throw spaghetti at the wall. And maybe that's because I have done so many different things and I'm type A who's like, whoop, my attention is now here. And now my Mm -hmm. attention is over here. And now my attention is over here. And I can't necessarily stick to one way if I don't really feel like, oh, finally found it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, ha- I haven't had that feeling of like, oh, finally found it. It's just like, okay, I'm going to try your way. I'm going to do the thing. Okay. I didn't get as many, you know, signups or registrations or whatever course sales as I would have liked, or I put in all this effort and then like nobody buys, which is a big reality, I feel like. Right. And I think for me, my, and this is a, definitely a, a downfall, is that instead of seeing, okay, where could I improve? and change, I'm kind of like, okay, on to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, which is why I have like, I don't even know how many courses, like five online courses and like all sorts of eBooks. And cause I'm just like, okay, on to the next thing that didn't work. Okay. Like let's try this thing over here. Yeah. So, and that probably is like why I even wrote a book so that I can have it all in one place. <laughs> what you can't and see I can hopefully just sell the one thing <laughs> Kylie holding up her book you can't see that oh, right. I like to keep the video on when we're talking and doing podcasts as long as the audio holds up because it just feels like a more natural conversation to look at the person but I do rem- I do know that there's cues that you can't hear as podcast listeners so Kylie's holding up her new book which we are going to talk about soon I promise yeah. okay because this is really interesting to me I was listening to something this morning uh, I can't remember a podcast. I can't remember. I'd source it. And the concept of mastery mm-hmm. came up. And so I don't have any answers to the questions that I'm asking you by Kylie. Like I have no preconceived notion of where your answers are going. I just have so many questions. So there's, and it's, I've written down a few words that you've used too. words like you've used the words hustle and grind You've used the words experiment. You've used the word no plan. You've used the words like type A. And yet, so there's this like, do you know your Enneagram, by the way? Oh, I mix up Enneagram and human design. Okay. Well, what's human design then? I'm a 5-1 in human design. So I'm a generator in human design. Got it. So I'm a, technically I should be a, I'm like a doer. Yes. You're a three. You're an Enneagram three. But. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe that does sound familiar. Yeah. Three, or there was another one that I was kind of teetering between. Okay. I'm a doer, but technically, according to my human design, I should like wait to respond should be my strategy. Mm. And I don't wait to respond because no, I just go that. and do and I right. jump. Right. And that is probably part of the reason I get burnt out. So it's so fascinating. And this is why I love that piece of it. Even though some people think it's super woo or they've heard it too often is... 
it sounds like the superpower that you have as an entrepreneur, and I often call myself a bit of a bull in a china shop. Like mm-hmm. before we even pressed record, I said to you, okay, because you have an odd, I have an onboarding form, right? You filled it out. I gave you like one or two pointers. And then I said, you're ready. And she, you said, yes. Whereas there's other people that want to have like meetings before and like a big chit chat. And I knew like, you're fine. And I'm fine too, right? We're just like, we're going to do this. Even mm-hmm. if we didn't know each other. And so there's that kind of like, experiment, flexible, try. That's incredible. Like I'm not hearing, I've never heard the word fear. I've never heard you judge yourself. I've never heard you say anything about being upset or angry. Even the way you said, I'm prone to burnout. There was no big, I'm not hearing shame. Like, and I'm kind of close to the same way in terms of like, why does we'll try it? Why we get along so well. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) And yet there's also this piece of, so that's like an amazing thing that you have as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And then there's this continuing on to the next thing and the next thing and the next new thing, as Mm -hmm. opposed to mastery, that it sounds like could possibly be a con. A hundred percent. Okay. I do feel like I am now good for the time being in terms of all the products that I have online. And I have no desire or urge to be creating anything new. Mm -mm. What my, my like kind of urge now is like, okay, how can I simplify? How can I still offer? And like, does that look like a membership? Does that look like one big signature course that I maybe just, um, reorganizing with a little bits of my other courses and then just selling that one thing. I don't know yet. Yeah. So So. I'm also going to assume that if you could have been, why am I forgetting the English word for this? Uh, Not convinced or confirmed. Guaranteed. That's the word Mm -hmm. I was looking for. If you could have been guaranteed to make $90,000 in your Mm -hmm. face-to-face and your online, you wouldn't have taken the job. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. I wouldn't, but, yeah, I wouldn't so have that's, any need. But that's really right? good to know, right? And the pros, you know, we kind of skipped over them, but mm-hmm. I'm also hearing, and I miss it in my IRL peds world, like, man, do I miss just being mm-hmm. on the floor with kids? I really, mm-hmm. really do. I will sometimes like accost, because I attract the quirky five-year-old boy, like everywhere I go, even in the grocery store, they'll find me. They'll literally find me and they'll be like, want to see my dinos? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I super want to see your dinos. And then I'm like talking to mom and they think I'm like some sophisticated, weird serial killer, which I'm not. I just miss being with these people, right? So I can see that as a, as a pro. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So really at the essence, it was wanting to make enough. And so you're going to take the job for that security, which I think is great. I'm never Mm going to say to somebody like we've heard people, coaches that might rankle us the wrong way. No, none of them are OTs, by the way, that mm-hmm. would say, well, you just have to believe more or you just have to manifest more or you just have to. Okay. Let me more. sit and meditate on that. <laughs> <laughs> do you like, do you ever lie awake at night and think I should have chosen the other direction? I don't actually. Nice. Um, I had, so I had a lot of inner it wasn't even like fight. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of thinking that I was doing before accepting the job. Mm -hmm. And a big piece of that was, am I giving up Mm -hmm. by taking this job? 
And the more I thought about it and the more I even talked it out with some other sort of like mentors of mine, the more I realized that no, I am not actually giving up. If anything, I am making myself more visible. I am gaining more skills to bring to clients. I am gaining more visibility in my immediate community. Geography, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, actually. And my name is going to hopefully get out there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Even just my clients, they don't know that I have a private private business because that was one of the things that I I was not allowed to talk about. Mm -hmm. They don't know that I have a private business, but even just telling other friends of theirs, oh, I have this OT, her name is Kylie, Mm -hmm. if they remember my name. But, you know, that kind of thing. And just giving back also. That Mm -hmm. feels so good to be busy giving back in a way that I love. Mm -hmm. Because that's the other piece is I didn't just take any job just for the money. I took a job that before my online entrepreneurship stuff, well, maybe not because I wasn't even in this space, but it's kind of like my dream job, mm-hmm. just working for someone else versus working for myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. If I could do this privately on my own and be busy and be making the same amount, I would have done that because mm-hmm. then I could kind of run the show. <laughs> I'm hearing that you want to run the show. <laughs> I have a quick question before we continue on this vein. Do Are you employable? I don't, well, obviously I got Yeah, but job. I mean, are you a good employee? <laughs> like, do they like you? Or are they just like, oh, here comes Kylie again. She's going to like mention something else she can do. Like, I mean, obviously you're a good employee in the implementation and the mm-hmm. delivery of what you do. Mm. Are you a good employee in other ways? I'm trying to be. I'm very <laughs> conscious of that. <laughs> yes, that's what I thought you were going to say. I honestly don't know how I would do it. I honestly don't know how I would do it. Luckily, I have a really good supervisor who kind of really gets me. And she's like, I know, Kylie, I know this is frustrating. It's all good. Just keep going. Great. Okay. (laughs) I love that. Okay. I'm really glad. And, you know, one of the things that I don't, I mean, here's the thing. In the job that I have helping OT entrepreneurs start, grow, and scale their businesses, my role here would be to say, Oh, Kylie, I can just like, let's open up the systems and see and marketing and, you know, fulfillment and SOPs and data and and such. And if people want to hear that answer, they really want to hear it and they want to lean in. I also know that it's a marathon and not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And I also know that OTs really do have a lot of occupational roles. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we can separate that. And I don't think we can separate the emotional, the social, the spiritual side. And a lot of that part of you was saying you want to take a breather Mm -hmm. or sustain as opposed to like growth and mastery. Yeah. And I think that is where my burnout came from, right? Mm -hmm. Is I was was in a state of burnout with my business when this Mm -hmm. job came about. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh. It looks like I could just take a little break, take a breather, Mm -hmm. get paid for that breather, exactly, and not have to worry about the growth, yeah, necessarily, and even take some time away Mm -hmm. to really think about where or if I want to take my business somewhere else. Yeah, it's 
healthy. So a long time ago, I came upon an anthropologist called Mary Catherine Bateman. This was in the 90s when this was like revolutionary. And she described, like this is early, well, mid-90s, a woman or person who identifies as female having a career that looks more like a quilt than a ladder. Mm-hmm. And I know that's kind of old school right now because, in fact, the economy has totally changed and everybody needs multiple income streams and side hustles and whatever, right? And yet, I still think that is pure of thought. And so, for example, I wasn't an OT at all until my children were in elementary school. Like, people didn't know that. I taught at McMaster on the side, but people didn't. I did that one day a week. One. I didn't even have a license when the University of Alberta called me and I moved to Alberta. I know. They literally called me and they were like, hey, we want to... Really, it was a cold call. Hey, we got your name. And, did you never hear the story? No. Hey, we got your name. Um, f- and we've heard you did really cool things at McMaster. This is when the University of Alberta was moving just from Edmonton and they were opening a campus in Calgary, which for those of you who don't know is two hours away. And they needed somebody to help open the satellite campus. And I was like, sure, I'll try that. And then I remember saying to the dean on the phone, I was like, you know, I don't have a license, right? <laughs> like, you know, I haven't been an OT. I'm like, I was quite literally icing my daughter's birthday cake when the phone <laughs> rang. And I was like, mm, I'm really stay-at-home momish right now. So illustrative to say, I didn't have my own company at that point. Mm-hmm. And no one judged me for leaning into academics or leaning out of academics, or leaning into parenting, and leaning out of work. Whatever Are you sure no one? Because like. I know I judge myself. Oh, no, I was actually pretty good about it. Really? I actually feel like my head was on, in a way, clearer back mm-hmm. then. And mm-hmm. it actually really worked out for me because I have mm-hmm. like zero regrets. And in fact, what it did is it, for me, thank you for asking. It's so nice of you. It's like you're a therapist. Um, for me, what it did is then I I didn't expect to become a single parent and like really single parenty. Mm-hmm. And I also didn't expect to have, you know, the finances and everything on my shoulder. So what it did unknowingly is as my children got older and I had to ramp up work, I trusted that I had given them, just me, that's just my two cents, right? That I had given them like all of my attention for a very long time. So again, I'm going to go on a true story rant because you and I are like buds. So true, true, true. I went back to work and I came home and it was their first day at after school care and it was my first day at work and I had never been that kind of full-time working parent before and I started out with a job and I had forgotten an afternoon snack. So I went to like the expensive corner, not the like yucky corner store, the like nice kind of high-end grocery store, which was on the way and I bought a watermelon. (laughs) I hope, I think this is interesting and I'm hoping the storytelling is like interesting to the people who are listening. Of all the things you could buy, you bought a watermelon. A watermelon. And my children were sitting at the dining room table complaining about like, we're so tired and after school care was terrible and blah, blah, blah. And I was cutting up this watermelon with this giant knife. And I should preface the school that, because I was in Peds and I was going to see different schools. The school I had been to that day was 
so underprivileged that we had were feeding kids in mm-hmm. OT mm-hmm. just so they could you know, have energy, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm cutting this watermelon with this giant knife. And my listen, my kids are delightful. They weren't being horrid, but they were just complaining. They didn't like the change. And I remember taking the giant knife out of the watermelon. <laughs> Oh my, gosh. my kids Scary were in a different room. They were like, and I was like, listen, like, okay. <laughs> they were like, I've just met children today who didn't even have watermelon. Like, you will like this watermelon and you will be okay. And Charlie, and then I remember them looking at each other, my kids, and Charlie's like, I don't think I'm going to like this working mom very much. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Okay. Very long story to say, I had no problem putting new limits in my home because I was Mm -hmm. like, you guys got me for like eight years. Mm, We're mm -hmm. fine. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't mean to hijack. I meant to illustrate using my story. And I just, and I still wrestle with this too, because my role in this company, Trish Williams Consulting, is to help show you all the ways that you could grow this company. And I have like Mm -hmm. 10 in my head right now. And yet I'm also a human that has spoken to a ton of OTs. Mm -hmm. So I love the way that you have found a place for all of that. Mm -hmm. And that's just me following my own path and following my my own passions. Yeah. Because I would need a plan. Yeah. I would need a plan. There's no plan. There's no plan. (laughs) There is you sitting, you know, you are more more processed than plan. Mm Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm a, I don't know if you've heard of the bank codes, but I'm definitely B-A-N-K. So blueprint oh. is the processes. Okay. A is the action. N is the nurture. And K is the knowledge. And B is my highest. And A and K are all equal. And B is what again? This is blueprint, totally which is like the systems, processes, like the, I mean, kind of like the plan, but the process too. It's it's interesting because I am, I like the organization. And I think that if I had a plan, life would be easier mm-hmm. and perhaps less chaotic sometimes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I have that action piece where I'm like, but I have to just follow this and I'm going to take action on this like now, not three months from now. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's the secret to life in a way. Like mm-hmm. I've gotten happier in my personal life with more focus on the process as opposed to the outcomes. Mm -hmm. Have you always had that? I don't know. Hmm. I feel like everything is melding together because my kids are still little. Like I have a four and a half year old and seven year old. So like, we're just kind of coming out of the like chaos. Exactly. Even though I feel like we're still in the chaos, but it's not the same as when they were like toddlers and really needing, like they're more independent now. But so I feel like life has just been busy in general, and then add on like the entrepreneurship, add on all of the various learnings and courses and passions that I followed over the years and tried to fit in and now add on full-time job. And I just feel like, honestly, I have people tell me, and this is where my type A kind of perfectionistic, like generator kind of quality comes out is that People tell me all the time, like, Kylie, I don't know how you accomplish so much. Like, I just get tired listening to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I'm just like the Energizer Bunny. Just keep going, 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 Mm -hmm. going until (laughs) I'm like forced to take a break. Mm -hmm. Do you feel more proactive or reactive to things? Proactive. 
Really? Because mm-hmm. I would have thought differently. I would have heard more. I'm hearing a little bit more reactive to like yeah. what's happening in that moment. Mm. And yet you accomplish things. So there has to be some kind of plan there. I feel like I'm, it's a hard question, right? Because yeah. I feel like I get an idea in my head mm. and I kind of, I guess I react to that idea, but I proactively go. take action to mm. carry out that idea versus just sitting on it and waiting, right? That's true. Yeah, you don't, you don't sit and wait. No, which I should probably do more of. Then I wouldn't have like 10 courses of all the things. I would just be selling one thing. What are your synthesis skills like? What do you mean? What are my synthesis skills? I mean, do are you able to sit back and look big picture and piecemeal out all different parts and create a new thing? Like create a synthesis of an idea or a synthesis of a kid or a synthesis of a business? Hmm. So it's interesting because that is my hardest part in the business world, in the entrepreneurship world. However, when I look at my individual clients, I do look at the holistic big picture. And that's often where and why my clients come to me because they're tired of doing this piece and this piece and this piece. And they just want me because I can do all the pieces. (laughs) Exactly. Let's talk about the book. How did you then decide to write the book? What was that kind of not plan? Heard the plan, reacted to the idea, and then proactively made it happen. (laughs) Exactly. So in 2020, I was getting these little nudges from the universe, if you want to call it that. Okay, getting all woo woo here. But I literally had different people reach out to me, and it just kind of happened reach out to me, being like, Have you ever thought about writing a book? And I was like, no, I would never write a book. Are you crazy? Like, no, never. Especially because growing up, I always thought that I was a bad writer. My mom used to edit my work and I'd have like red marks all over the place. And she would just be like, you're repeating yourself. This doesn't make sense. Blah, 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 blah. And so I never really thought of myself as a writer. And so I was like, no, forget it. I'm just going to ignore that. And then by the third or fourth nudge, I was like, okay, what in the world? Okay, let me start thinking about this. And then I went to, in 2020, in March of, or I guess it was, yeah, I guess it was March of 2020. So it was probably amongst this time that I was getting these little nudges. And I went to this business retreat right before, literally the weekend before the whole world shut down. And the person who was running the retreat, I just fell in love with her. And we just vibed so well together. I loved the whole day and it was just fantastic. And it turns out that our paths crossed again because she is actually a publisher. Oh. And these nudges came and I was like, a book. Hmm. Could I really write a book? And she decided that she was going to kind of start this whole publishing company. And she put out one of those initial like free webinars that I attended. And she literally, the webinar was like, it's not as hard as you think to write a book. Probably called something way nicer than that. But literally, it was like, if you're writing content online, if you have online courses, if you're writing blogs, you can write a book. And I was like, well, I'm doing all of that. (laughs) And so I had a few calls with some of these other people to talk about what their process was and what kind of support they offered and like the publishing and, you know, all of that. And I eventually decided on her because I really liked her vibe. She's a little more woo-woo. And, you know, I liked that whole vibe. And so I actually joined 
she has a course that's called the Author Generator Society. So I joined that first to just get some help with getting started writing this book. And then I was like, okay, no, like, yeah, this is actually have a lot of information to share. And yes, I do need support to write this book in terms of getting it published, getting it edited, because I wanted this book to be evidence informed. And I needed somebody to help me really make sure that I was referencing properly, that I was, you know, there was, you know, referencing when I needed to be referencing and like all of that kind of stuff. Because I wanted this really to be a very trustworthy source, not just like my biography or autobiography, right? And that's, I think, what I've accomplished. So I spent all of 2021 writing alongside growing and trying to build my business and taking care of kids and all of the things. So I would often write in the evenings, but also once a week, we had these writing calls where literally we would get on a Zoom meeting for two hours, turn off our cameras and write. And I would have my like earphones in, not listening to anybody, but like, it looks like I'm working, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So it was great. And then 2022 of March, March of 2022, my manuscript was due. And then I literally felt like I had so much free time. (laughs) what am I going to do now? Because then it's like sit and wait while they edit, while it comes back and forth, while they get all of the publishing stuff together and the book design and all of that. And now it's finally ready, which is so exciting and still really unbelievable that I actually wrote a book that I am currently holding in my hand, flipping through. And I will just say this, when I told my mom that I wrote a book and she, I mean, I was like, what did you think I was doing for a year? Anyway, a few weeks ago, I was there for dinner and I was like, oh yeah, so like my book is done and it's going to be publishing in October. And she's like, oh, like how long is it? And I was like, oh, at the time it was like, I think I said it was like just under 400 pages. And she was like, oh, it's a real book. And I was like, (laughs) this is like classic my mom. Um, And I was like, yeah, what did you think I was writing? And she was like, I thought it was just like a little pamphlet, (laughs) like an ebook or something, right? Like one of those little like, you know, handouts that you give to clients. And I was like, oh, mom, (laughs) of course, that's what you thought it was. The one person who never, ever believed that I would be a writer. She hasn't read it yet, but she's really excited. She will be my biggest critic, 100%. Okay. And I think you should put a little loving inscription in the front. (laughs) To my mom, I never thought I'd be a writer. Exactly. (laughs) What is the book about and what did you want to accomplish with this book for the people who are reading it? Yeah, so my book is called Mothering from Within and it's really a book to really help moms, specifically with baby zero to two, but some of the strategies for two-year-olds would be relevant still to, you know, two and a half, three-year-olds. But it's really the zero to two population that I'm kind of aiming towards and really helping moms find clarity, ease and trust in their motherhood journey. And so I go through all sorts of different things that I teach about. We go through development, we go through sleep, we go through reflux, we go through feeding, intro to solids. There's a section on picky eating. There's a section on sensory processing. And I tie it all together with the underlying theme that when you kind of know what is biologically normal or typical, for lack of better words, I don't really know how else to describe it, but when you know what you're kind of looking for in your child, then you can actually just sit back and relax and observe them and trust your instincts Mm -hmm. versus doing the 3 a.m. Googling versus listening to your mother-in-law who has all her ideas Mm -hmm. versus listening to your pediatrician who's like, no problem, there's nothing wrong, just give them this medication or whatever, right? 
or who dismisses. And so you can really start to tune in and trust your mama instincts because you know, A, that there's something going on with your child if there is, or actually your child's doing just fine and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry that they're not having two hour naps. If they're happy after 20 minutes, that's all they needed, right? You don't have to worry that you're on some specific schedule or that you have to teach your child to sit or crawl or stand or walk or do all of these things to like teach them that. And I lay out why. I lay out, I felt like there isn't really a book on development, but I felt like there wasn't that. There's tons of books on sleep. Often they start out all nice and gentle and then bam, it's sleep training. Also, there's nothing really on reflux that is such an under understood thing that's happening in the baby world. And then, you know, there's definitely your books on introducing solids, but everything has its own thing. So you end up with like 10 books and I kind of wanted to have it all in one place. And so my goal really with this book is for it to be like a good friend, a good therapist and a good mentor, because I'm bringing in my story and interweaving it into this book that is evidence-informed, developmentally appropriate, and focused on attachment and connection instead of separation and behavioral strategies. And my goal really with this book, and hopefully your audience will help me spread the word, but my goal is for this book to be the book that is gifted at baby showers. Mm. Because I literally want this book to be that book that mom's like, oh, I have a question about sleep. Let me go to the sleep section. Mm -hmm. Okay, my child is four to six months. Okay, let me go to that section and see what kind of development they should be doing. And how can I encourage that? Right? I'm scared about introducing solids. Let me go to Mm -hmm. that section on introducing solids. And I found that there's those big baby books that are out there. But I feel like those are very general. And they have like one paragraph on Mm -hmm. each of these things. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't enough. From, by the way, I have two new neighbors on each side and all of a sudden I am like the older lady on the street, which freaks me out. (laughs) One is a pediatric physio Mm. who went to McMaster. Nice. And her identical twins are almost one. Oh. And my next door neighbor on the other side, brand new, just had her first in July. So I'll buy a few copies and I'll send Yay. them to them. Thank okay. You. So from so I love the, the clinical insight. From a business perspective, mm-hmm. what what goal do you have for this book from a business perspective? Well, everything I've heard is that you don't write a book to make money. <laughs> That's <laughs> Let's why just I'm be asking. honest, right? Yes. But you write a book for being the authority in your niche. Mm-hmm. You write a book for visibility mm-hmm. and you write a book to leave a legacy, in my mm-hmm. opinion, right? Mm-hmm. And that was enough. And mm-hmm. this is also a book that I can gift all of my clients, Yeah, right? Yeah. Not my Halton Region clients, but right. yeah. <laughs> it's a book that I can gift my private clients. And it's a book that I can, you know, give away and surprise people with. Mm-hmm. It's something that, you know, I I can give freely without mm-hmm. spending too, too much money on, right? Mm-hmm. Is it a lead magnet then in a way? Yes, exactly. Is it to build like no and trust for whatever you do down the road in mm-hmm. terms of another thing to sell them? Exactly. This is, a, yeah. this is a nice entry price, I imagine, mm-hmm. for people to get used to buying from you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for going into so much detail, by the way. Are you ready for our rapid fire questions or is there anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't yet? No, I think we're good. Okay. (laughs) What is your biggest business-related splurge? Okay. I did 
like a, a small group mentorship with not Bob Proctor in just himself, but with the Proctor and Gallagher Institute. And that was a like, oh, here's my credit card. <laughs> and that was all mindset. There's no business stuff there. Interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I actually had to Google it. I've never heard them. Bob mm-hmm. Proctor, the foremost authority in personal and professional development. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was it worth it? I would say yes and no. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a lot more impactful. Mm-hmm. And initially it was supposed to be in person and then the world mm-hmm. shut down. And so then it ended up being virtual. And I was like, no, but that's not really what I paid for. Mm-hmm. So that was like, I already kind of went into it, like being like, nah. and the group was pretty big. And so I wasn't, I was expecting a smaller intimate group for the amount that I was paying. And so that already kind of set my expectations of like, and I couldn't get a refund and like all this Mm -hmm. stuff. Right. So I was just like a little bit frustrated from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that my mindset was in the right place. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Funny Mm -hmm. thing that I'm in the mindset mentorship. Yeah. And so I did work hard, but I, I, I do have other mentors that have been mentored by him like personally. Mm-hmm. And that has been helpful. Yeah. You've never shied away from participating in any kind of coaching or consulting. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe not just the Proctor investment, but on the whole, that's what I would have mm-hmm. thought you would have said. Yeah. You lean into like I do too. I just 100%. love it. In fact, it's kind of my favorite part. Sometimes I feel like I think I I'm a little money. bit addicted. Yeah. Which I is kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. No, but I honestly had said to somebody like a couple of weeks ago and I said, you know, I almost, I would rather not do this if I didn't have some kind of coaching available to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's part of my expansion that like growth and expansion is my number one core value. And I love it too. And I spend a lot of money on it and, and I'm happy to do so. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm like, like, I think I mentioned at the beginning, right? So it's, it's interesting that we're kind of coming full circle, but I feel like with my business mentorship, just like with my courses, right? I have tried so many Mm -hmm. and I haven't found one that I'm like, oh, this is what I want to keep doing for year after year after year after year. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, that was good. Yeah. But it didn't get me the results that I wanted, or Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like into it. So now Mm -hmm. I'm going to try this thing over here. And now Mm -hmm. I'm going to try this coach over here. And now I'm going to go over here and now I'm going to go over here. And everybody has slightly different thoughts on Mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you get confused and you still feel like you're throwing spaghetti at the wall. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, one of the things that I know for us, for sure, is, and every six months I develop new systems on it, which is what is, and this is a, this is a gross learning and then we'll keep going because there's supposed Mm -hmm. to be rapid fire questions. (laughs) You know, it's what is the evaluation measure that your customer Mm -hmm. is using so that they will be satisfied and they will be happy. Mm -hmm. And how how often are you checking in? And how often are you asking for a net promoter score? How often are you asking them how they're stuck, how you can serve them? How Zero times? Exactly. (laughs) I should be asking way more. Exactly. Like, what do you need from me today? What do you need from me today? What do you need from me today? And I felt in PEDS, parents did that naturally. Mm -hmm. And I find online, some do and some Mm -hmm. don't. So it's our responsibility. And that whole idea of like, what is the metric that your client is Mm -hmm. using to evaluate you? And if you don't know that, then you better find out. So that's my answer to your rapid fire. That is very, yeah. I need to get that in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go. Enjoy. <laughs> Thank um, you. In terms of personal splurge, what's your biggest mm-hmm. personal splurge? Besides my house? <laughs> no, it could be. I wondered if you were going to say your pool, actually. 
Uh, well, so the pool came with the house. Yes. <laughs> so yes. We moved outside of Toronto to a city called, are you in Hamilton or Stony Creek? I'm in, yeah, Stony Creek. Okay. And uh, which is about, you know, 45, depending on the traffic, but an mm-hmm. hour away. Um, and I remember seeing that on social and like all the space, because you were right downtown Toronto mm-hmm. and the pool. Oh my gosh. It's, it's like my oasis for sure. Yeah. yeah that's and you know, that house purchase came from not working with Bob Proctor, but working indirectly through another coach that was trained by him Mm. because we really wrote out every day. We would get on a call in the morning and write out our dreams and desires and Mm. wants kind of like who your best self, what would your best self have? Yep. And I would write out every single morning about this like beautiful house, Mm -hmm. spacious. I didn't talk about the pool, but I talked about greenery. I talked about lots of space. I talked about like white and just like clean. Mm -hmm. And I have that. I -hmm. found that perfect house Mm -hmm. and it's not so clean now with two kids, but But we, we repainted it inside. And so it is very bright and spacious and just, it's nice. We like it. (laughs) Okay. Last question. If I could wave my magic money wand and put seven figures into your business right Mm -hmm. now, Mm -hmm. what would you spend it on? Honestly, I would probably spend it on a business coach to help me with the overarching kind of strategy processes. Like here's the steps that we're going to take to start making you even more money. Perfect. Great. I love it. (laughs) Excellent answer. Okay. Before we wrap up, how can people find you? So you can go to my website, www.kylietz.com. I'm also on Instagram at the Holistic Baby Guru, and holistic is spelled H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K, or uh, T-I-C, sorry, not with the W in front. Like, some people still write holistic with the W, and I was like, oh, that's not how I write it. Yeah, I don't know. Is that, like, British? I don't know. No, I don't think so. We're Canadian. We're pretty British in our spelling. I know. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but holistic just with the H. Um, And that's where I am on Facebook as well. And those are probably the, the easiest places to find me. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. This has been OTs Get Paid, recorded live in Studio C. That's Studio Closet. I'm Trish Williams. If you had feedback on today's episode, send us a DM on IG at OTs Get Paid or join our Facebook group at OTs Get Paid. We would really love to hear from you. We'd also love it if you could subscribe and write a review for the podcast. Each month, I'll pick a random review for a shout out to get your name and business on the air. Until next time. <laughs>